Afro Tales Podcast is a part of the Connected Podcast Network. Ahoy, my friends. Welcome aboard the Afro Tales Podcast. I'm your storyteller, Aman Mazinga. Join me as we explore the tales that grew from the people of indigenous and African descent in the Americas and the Caribbean. After, come and see me, chef, who will impart upon you a recipe for the story you have just heard. So with no further ado, let us set sail on this new age of exploration. Aunt Misery On a small island in the Caribbean Sea, there once lived an old, old woman. Her most prized possession was the beautiful starfruit tree that grew the sweetest fruit. Each day, the boys and girls in the village would sneak up to her wooden house which sat high upon its wooden stilts, and climbed into her tree, singing and laughing. They plucked the delicious fruit which hung from each branch like yellow star-shaped diamonds. You little things get down from my tree, the old woman would scold. They just laughed and called her, I'm misery, running away from her with the sweetest fruit from her tree. It happened so often that the name Aunt Misery stuck with everyone in the village, and they forgot her real name. One day, the rain beat down hard like a drum, and the sea breeze carried a new visitor through the village. He made his way past the market stalls that sold fresh fish, through the mango groves and cocoa fields, until he finally reached Aunt Misery's house. He knocked on her door, and explained that he was a poor traveler in need of help. Can you spare food and a bed for the night? He asked. His young face was kind. His voice was soothing. Aunt Misery rarely welcomed visitors, but decided that he had asked so politely she would make an exception. She made a simple yet hearty meal of peas and rice, flavored with herbs and spices, which the hungry traveler devoured quickly. After eating, the two of them sat outside on Aunt Misery's veranda, sipping bittersweet juice from the fruit of the mobby tree, listening to the chorus of crickets and tree frogs. I would like to repay you for your hospitality. I can't offer much, but I can grant you one wish, anything you want. The old woman's eyes shone in the darkness at the stranger's words. She knew he must be a sorcerer in disguise. She thought hard and then said, I wish, I wish for anyone who climbs in my fruit tree to remain stuck in its branches until I reach them. She couldn't wait to teach those local children a lesson for stealing her beloved fruit. The following morning, just as dawn kissed the sky, the young man packed up his few belongings and tapped the bark of the old woman's fruit tree. He granted her wish and carried on with his journey. Later that day, three boys came, eager to pluck star fruit from the tree. They climbed up high and swung on gnarled branches, 
filling their school bags with the long-fingered fruit. When Aunt Misery stepped out from her house, they jeered and sang, Oh, Aunt Misery, come for we. She can't catch us up high in the tree. But when they tried to get down, they found their feet would not move. No matter how hard they pushed, they could not climb down from the star tree. They were stuck. Ha! Huh? And there you will stay until I decide otherwise. The boys were terrified and begged her to let them come down. Finally, just before night came and the fireflies lit up the grass, Aunt Misery declared, I will release you if you promise never to steal from my starfruit tree again. The boys agreed and scrambled away, yelling as they ran, Aunt Misery is a witch! She's an old witch! When the villagers heard what she had done to the boys, some of them weren't surprised. I knew she was an old witch, a few of them said, and they warned their children not to bother her again. Time passed, as time does. Both on misery and her tree grew crooked and lined in age. But the tree's golden starfruit continued to bring her happiness. One cool evening, the sea breeze swirled and snaked its way through the village again. This time, it brought a different visitor to Aunt Misery's door. His dark eyes were hollow and his voice carried no warmth. I am death. I have come to take you with me. Aunt Misery knew that it was her time. But she was not ready to die. She thought of her golden star fruit, wanting to taste it one more time. And suddenly, she had an idea. Before you take me, Death, will you please climb up my tree and pick a starfruit for me? I am too old to climb, and I would like to have one last taste of my delicious fruit. Death nodded solemnly and climbed the tree. He reached with his long limbs and picked some of the fruit whilst Aunt Misery looked on from below. When he finished picking, he tried to place his feet on the lower branches, but they bounced back up again. What is wrong with my feet? He thought to himself, thinking that perhaps the branches were too far away. He moved around the tree to the other side, but the same thing happened. He climbed a little higher to see if he could still go up and then quickly realized he could not get back down. What spell have you cast? He called down to Aunt Misery, noticing that she was laughing out loud. Oh, just a little something that only I can change. She squealed with delight. Death was stuck in Aunt Misery's fruit tree and there was nothing he could do about it. I have work to do. Release me at once or you will be sorry. But Aunt Misery ignored him. She, she was so happy her plan had worked that she did a little dance. As long as death could not take her, she could live forever and continue to enjoy her star fruit every day. She went back inside her house 
and slept soundly that night. The following morning, a boy named Edmund came to test out Aunt Misery's starfruit tree. He did not believe the story his friends told. As he approached Aunt Misery's house, he saw Death sitting comfortably in the top of the tree. Who are you? Edmund asked as he walked around the tree. I am Death, he said gloomily. Edmund thought for a minute, wondering why Death would be in Aunt Misery's tree. Why are you sitting in the tree? Aunt Misery has trapped me. You are stuck. Yes. He felt quite embarrassed to be found in the tree. Edmund started laughing and pointing at Death, singing, Death is stuck in Aunt Misery's tree. With all his power, he can't get free. He can't get up. And he can't go down. His face is long like his black gown. He ran back to the village to tell everyone that death was trapped in Aunt Misery's tree and couldn't get down. Meanwhile, she was content in her little wooden house. She was happy spending her days cooking delicious stews, making sweet drinks, and tending to her animals. But death... Being unable to leave meant that no one in the village could die. The village became overcrowded. As young people grew up and the old people still remained, the funeral parlor was empty and the grave diggers had nothing to do. Everyone became lazy as they knew they would live forever. Jobs were left unfinished and parks were overflowing with people sitting around bored and doing nothing. Queues at the shops snaked all around the village with people hoping to get something to eat. There wasn't enough food growing fast enough to feed so many people. The hospital remained empty as no one became sick. People grew old and tired of living. One evening, just before the crickets and bullfrogs began their choir, of croaking, a few of the older villagers gathered together to find a solution. They sat under the flaming trees in the marketplace and listened to each other's ideas. Dr. Rumley spoke first. He was bored now that nobody was visiting surgery. One of us needs to go and speak to Aunt Misery. Explain to her that what is happening in the village because of the way she has trapped death. Maybe she doesn't realize, offered Maria who ran the local bakery. Her business was booming now that no one was worried about eating too much. She was overwhelmed with requests for sweet bread rolls, guava pastries, and delicious papaya cakes. Maybe she doesn't care, said Mateo, whose pharmacy was always empty because no one needed to buy medicines now that they could not die. She's happy and not affected by anything going on in the village, he reminded them. But what if death finds a way to escape, said another. He will come to take her like everyone else. She will never agree to let him go if he will take her with him. It was agreed that they would visit Aunt Misery and beg her to release death so that life could go on without all the worries. Early the next morning, a few of the villagers headed over to Aunt Misery's home. 
They saw Death sitting in the starfruit tree and wondered if he had a plan for getting down. Death? How long you going to stay in that tree there? Death shrugged. Ask Aunt Misery. Pointing as she came towards them, Aunt Misery had heard voices and was surprised to see visitors. What are you doing here? She asked crossly. After all, they had never visited her before. The villagers looked humble and said, Um, Aunt Misery, we know you don't want death to take you, but the village is overcrowded. Us old people are getting older. The sick can't die, and there's not enough food to feed everyone. Aunt Misery's heart softened. She had not realized that other people might still need death around. For her, he was an unwanted visitor. Well, I can't release him. He will take me with him. And I'm not going. You're such an old, old misery, cried one of the villagers. We need that to get back to his job. Aunt Misery's face turned sour and she shooed them off her land. After feeding her animals and tending to her plants, she sat stewing for a while, thinking over what had been said. Despite her anger at being called an old misery, she didn't want to cause anyone any harm and wondered if there was a way to make everyone happy, including death. Later that evening, she had a suggestion. If I... If you never come back for me, I will release you from my starfruit tree. Death loved to make bargain, but did not want to let her off that easily. She had kept him from his work, which he enjoyed. I will leave you for a few more years if you release me, hoping that she would agree. No, she said, and turned and walked away. Death did not like being in this position. Aunt Misery was completely in charge. I could punish you right now and turn you into stone. Death's eyes blazed angrily, but Aunt Misery was too clever and not scared of his threats. Well, you'd still be stuck in my tree, she snipped back. With a sigh, Death relented, knowing he had no other options. Old Misery's deal was the only one he was going to get. And so he agreed to let her live forever if she released him. The pair shook hands and death went about his business. He had actually liked his break from taking lives, but was happy to get back to work. So this is why we still have misery in our world today. Aunt Misery made a deal with death, and she's still alive somewhere, as miserable as ever. The end. Wow, this is an awesome story from the book African and Caribbean Folktales, Myths and Legends by Wendy Sharir. I love this book. 
I love this story. I picked this story around this time simply because of the connection it has with this time of the year. Misery, heartache, pain, winter, you know, fall, Halloween, Stingy Jack, the Jack-o'-lantern. All of these have connections. Death, you know, all of this is a connection just even with this type, this time of year. This story in particular is really a female aspect of a Stingy Jack story. Where Stingy Jack tricks the devil into climbing a tree and, he's, and he puts a cross on a tree so the devil can't get down. And he tricks the devil so many times that the devil, when he dies, the devil doesn't let him into into hell and he has to walk to earth carrying a coal for light. He puts it in a turnip and there we have the jack-o'-lantern creation. For those that don't know, the original jack-o'-lanterns are not pumpkins. They're turnips or in America, rutabagas. Okay, so if you want to make a traditional jack-o'-lantern, get a rutabaga or if you're overseas, a turnip, uh, especially in Ireland. Okay, but that's exactly what Aunt Misery does to death. She keeps him up in her star fruit tree or pear tree, whatever kind of tree um, you've heard it to be in your um, local region. She keeps him up in the tree. He's stuck there for obviously decades and she makes a deal with him that you can't kill me but i could be here forever now i was going to put a twist in this i but I, I don't like doing that to an author's work that at the end and if you want me to you know read it and put this alternate ending in there my alternate ending is that when death says he wouldn't kill her, he didn't say that she could stay in her corporeal body forever. So I feel that at a point she turns into a spirit or, you know, some kind of spiritual being. And that's why we have misery in the world. What do you guys think about that? Let me know. Um, contact me at AfroTalesCast or hit me on um, Instagram, uh, uh, Twitter, and um, email me at AfroTalesPodcast at Yahoo.com. And let me know what you guys think about that. If that makes sense to you, you know, she has more of a Stingy Jack-esque um, ending to where she's uh, she's alive. Maybe even like a zombie almost, you know, or, you know, but she's not dead technically. She's an, un she's undead, <laughs> you know, I think that, that, that was awesome. Right. But, on, you know, I'm not going to dive too much into this story though. I just love that aspect in it because I can say some things about the kids and the, and, and the, and the, um, the concept of people living forever, um, and even the uh, villagers and, and how they came to her for help when nobody would die, but they didn't come to her protection when these children treated her mean, you know? But um, I won't. 
I won't this time. If you want um, me to talk more about that, just hit me offline. All right. But thank you for coming along on this voyage to um, Puerto Rico. And I hope you enjoyed this story. Now, as always, go see Chef. He has a wonderful Puerto Rican dish for you. And I'm sure it will be tasty, as always. All right? So, until the next voyage, have a blessed day. Welcome, my friends, to the galley. I am your chef, chef. And today we have a wonderful recipe inspired by the story you have just heard. Today we will be creating starfruit upside down cake. Now, what will you need for this recipe? Three tablespoons unsalted butter, plus more for greasing the pan, of course. Three tablespoons of light brown sugar, juice of half a lemon, three or four small star fruit cut in quarter inch thick stars and seeds removed. This is for the topping. Now for the cake. You will need a half a cup of pecans, one and a quarter cup of whole wheat pastry flour, one teaspoon of ground cinnamon, three quarters teaspoon baking powder, three quarters teaspoon baking soda, half a teaspoon of freshly grated nutmeg, half a teaspoon of kosher salt, a quarter teaspoon of ground allspice, one stick that is eight tablespoons of unsalted butter at room temperature, two thirds a cup packed light brown sugar, two large eggs, and half a cup of low fat yogurt. We want to keep you a little healthy. <laughs> now, how do we put all of this together? Easy. Position an oven rack in the center of the oven and preheat to 350 degrees Fahrenheit or whatever that is Celsius. Please convert. Butter a nine inch round cake pan. Then, for the topping, melt the butter, brown sugar, and lemon juice together in a microwave safe small bowl in the microwave. Or you can do it on a stove on low heat. Okay? Spread the mixture over the bottom of the prepared pan. Cover it with the star fruit slices by nesting them next to one another and overlapping. It will look crowded. Set that aside. Then, for the cake, spread the pecans out on a baking sheet and bake until nicely toasted. Eight to ten minutes should be good. Let it cool. Then, pulse in a food processor 
until finely ground or if you have to do it by hand or in a blender do it which you must whisk together ground pecans flour cinnamon baking powder baking soda not made salt and allspice and set that aside now beat the butter and brown sugar with an electric mixer on medium high speed until light and fluffy about five minutes should be good add the eggs one at a time beating to incorporate after each addition scrape down the side of the bowl as needed adjust the mixer speed to low and add half of the flour mixture then the yogurt then the remaining flour pour the batter into the pan spread it out into an even layer and give it a few taps on the counter bake until golden brown a toothpick or cake tester comes out clean in the center and the cake pulls away from the edges 45 to 50 minutes should be enough let cool on the wire rack until the pan is cool enough to handle then run a knife along the edge and invert the cake onto the serving platter let cool completely before serving and that is it my friends now you go to judo make this recipe yours and as you do remember the story of aunt misery and enjoy your own stuff so until i have another wonderful recipe for you as always enjoy Thank you for joining us on this voyage. Thanks to Art by Chalet for the logo, episode, and t-shirt designs. You may also get a t-shirt and other items on tpublic.com. You can contact me on all socials at AfroTalesCast. That's Afro, T-A-L-E-S, cast. And email me at AfroTalesPodcast at yahoo.com. You may also become a benefactor by simply sharing with any and everyone, giving a thumbs up, or rating in your podcast app of choice. If you wish to donate, I am on Patreon and Coffee.com. That's K-O-F-I.com. So, until we meet again, may your winds be fair and your seas follow.